welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. I'm excited to have Janelle Riviera as our guest. Janelle and I met through the Instagram world and I just love her sparkle and her energy and you will see why. So settle in and enjoy this podcast interview. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over a hundred different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Notice how much better you will feel by having a consistent practice to support you staying centered. Today's guest is Janelle Riviera. She's a creator of mindfulness experiences, a blogger, a facilitator, a certified wellness coach whose mission is to affirm women the importance of prioritizing themselves. With the combination of creativity, playfulness, and compassionate girl talk is all the ingredients she uses to create intentional spaces where women can practice mindfulness techniques to develop a self-care toolbox. Her mission is simple, to spark creativity and exhilaration in women in their journey to inner peace. It's forever a process, so why not throw some glitter on it and make it fun? Welcome to the podcast, Janelle. Yes, I'm so excited to be here, Wade. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you. I love watching your energy on Instagram. So it's so much fun to be able to connect you in real time and also to share your spirit and your energy with all of our listeners. I'm excited. Let's get to it. So I'd love to begin by exploring what is your definition of self-care and how do you practice it? So self-care is really simple. We tend to overcomplicate it, but it's an activity that is for you, done by you. So it's an activity that is geared to around your wellness um, routine or your your wellness goals. Um, So say, for example, um, you may need self-care in an area around fitness, or you may need self-care in an area around social. Social self-care is definitely a thing. So it's, it's an activity that is done for you, by you, again, but being specific about what area in the wellness circle are you practicing self-care and how are you doing it for yourself? I love that, what you just said of we complicate it, right? Mm -hmm. We tend to complicate it. And so can we just keep it simple? And when you talk about the wellness circle, what do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. So the dimension of wellness, I'm sure you know. So there's physical wellness, there's social wellness, there's emotional wellness, uh, there's so many, intellectual wellness. So taking that will, I always love the color will when I study the dimension of wellness, taking that will and sitting down and being honest with yourself and being rating yourself from one to 10. What areas do I need 
more focus in. Where do I need to put the self-care? Because we tend to say, oh, I need self-care. Let me get this candle. But is this candle helping you process your emotions? Is this candle helping you stay focused with your, your fitness routine? So it's really important to identify what you need self-care. And in the first place to start is to look at the wellness will. Mm, yeah. Okay. The, the holistic wheel of all the different mm-hmm. domains of your life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I love doing that activity for myself as well as with my clients too, to help them understand that you are a holistic being that is not mm-hmm. just one dimensional or two dimensional with work life and home life, but right. you have your social life, you have your mental health, you have your physical health, you have your soulful or spiritual health, mm-hmm. you have your f- financial health. Um, right. So um, I love, I love that you bring in that holistic picture. And you talk a lot about mindfulness in your Mm -hmm. work and how do you see mindfulness supporting people in their practice of self-care? Definitely going back to the self-awareness piece, because we can't have self-care without mindfulness. So the definition of mindfulness, as you know, is the ability to, um, look at a situation in a non-judgmental way, being in the present moment. And we have to do that for ourselves. And the reason why the non-judgmental piece comes in because it's looking at yourself, like you said, in that holistic way and not being so harsh and judgmental on it. And just looking at you are multi, like a fascinating human being and, and understanding it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It just means that you may need attention in a certain area. Right. And can I honor that intention by having that self-awareness? Right. Right. And then also the ability to practice the self-awareness because, um, I love how you frame it like the, the dark side of self-care because it's not all bubble baths and, um, are you open to practice self-awareness? And that, that's a muscle. That's a muscle. So I'm happy to dive into that too. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. So self-care and self-awareness specifically is a muscle because in the education system, we are not taught to question ourselves. We are not taught to dive deep. We're not taught to to understand our triggers and our traumas and and exactly where does it come from. You know, um, I'm not sure if you have this experience, but when you, you know, a lot about the story of my mom, you know, that was a little uncomfortable for me to unpack that because our, our moms and our parents are our first superheroes. So by being aware about where it's coming from, you're like, oh, am I going against my family? Am I going against my mom? But it's being realistic and what you witnessed and having the heart and the compassion to question your family and to question where you come from and the habits you picked up along the way and being aware of what you have to unlearn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was talking to somebody else about that too, of, you know, as you grow older, I think in your mid twenties and then fourth, so on, you start to see your parents, not as a superheroes that they were when you were growing up and you start to recognize, oh, wow, they did the best they could. And oh, mm-hmm. wow. Adulting is really challenging and has okay. so many different elements. And how did they do this? And wow, they did this well, and they didn't do this well. And, mm-hmm. and to question, okay, what, what have, 
what did I learn from growing up? What do I want to continue to integrate mm-hmm. into my life? And what do I want to unlearn? Or what do I want mm-hmm. to detangle from? Um, mm-hmm. I'm hearing you, you talk about. Mm-hmm. And that's the really important piece you mentioned going back to what you said. You said um, it's important to also add to what you said that they went off the information that they had, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they did the best they can with the information that they had. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like when, when, you, when it comes to self-care and mindfulness, we think because it's a trendy topic, which I'm excited that there is because more people are aware, but we think that it's going to just fall in our laps. Mm-hmm. It's a skill. So I have to be mindful when I talk about uh, my family and also more particularly in the black community where those are not skills that were not taught to us and that was not passed down. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's, so the, the piece that you said, you know, they did the best they could. Yes. And also with the information they had. So that's really important. I'm glad mm-hmm. you brought that up. Mm-hmm. How did you learn and get inspired to practice mindfulness and self-care mm-hmm. and strengthen your own self-awareness muscles? Mm-hmm. Well, I grew up, I grew up practicing Buddhism and in my Buddhist practice, we, we always say like Buddhism is a, it's not technically, it's not a religion. It's a practice. Just like to me, just like any religion, if you study it, it's more so of a practice, how you think about it. So it was just like growing up and, um, reading texts and being in the environment of just, you know, this is time where you meditate and understanding like incense and candles and symbolisms and studying it. And then seeing how my environment acts, I was like, hmm. I was able to say, oh, okay. Well, you know, that's with, that's not what Buddha did to process his emotions. This is not. So as I got older, I, I always think Buddhism because it allowed me to look at the environment differently and compare, like having a stance where I can compare um, being able to actually live out your, your values that you have from your religion. So holding myself and, you know, my mom accountable to that. Mm. Are there any specific principles or ideologies that you grew up mm-hmm. with in Buddhism that you really feel like shifted the way that you would see yourself in your environment that of like maybe course. it really stood out to you when you were younger? Mm-hmm. The concept of happiness, the mm. concept of happiness, um, absolute happiness versus relative, that definitely st- stuck out to me, especially when it comes to emotions, because we tend to look at emotions as if it's bad versus good, and that if we experience a bad emotion, that that means we are an unhappy person, and that's not true. Um, relative happiness looks like something that's materialistic or, you know, um, filling that gap. Like I will be happy when I complete X, Y, and Z, or I will be happy when, you know, I achieve this goal or when I'm in this relationship. Um, and then looking at absolute happiness is more so as, as your character and your values. Um, and again, are you living out your values daily? So that really changed my mind of, how I even process emotions because when I was younger, I internalized external events a lot and carried it and made it my own. And 
I was, you know, had that inner conflict within like, well, I, I do enjoy this. I am happy. I do smile when I do this activity. And that just taught me to stay grounded. That doesn't mean that, again, you experience anger. It doesn't mean you're an angry person. If you experience um, even jealousy, that doesn't make you um, necessarily unhappy. It just means being able to look at a situation and experience and um, process it and keep it factual instead of, you know, your character. Mm hmm. Yeah. And how often we can, as you said, like wrap ourselves, identify, like I am angry, right. Mm -hmm. Versus I'm experiencing anger. Mm -hmm. Um, or also culturally how we've identified happiness as something that's achievable Mm -hmm. by doing something versus I can experience happiness in this moment. Right. It's just a way of being. I'd love to know, you talk a little bit and you share this on your website that, and I'll just read um, this little quote. It says, many of my favorite memories at home was seeing my mom take the time to be still and present in her crafts. She took that time to engage in activities that made her soul happy. She showed up stronger for her family and friends. And this experience led me to become obsessed with wanting to know exactly how women mastered the art of self-fulfillment. Mm-hmm. How did they manage to bounce back from challenging circumstances and still show up nothing but love for themselves and their communities? Mm-hmm. I love this snippet. I mean, it brings up for me just the power of a couple of things of observing our moms and kind of going back to the superhero, but also seeing our moms be resilient and choose self-care and self-fulfillment. And I'm curious, like, what did you really get to learn from your mom mm. while growing up around this topic? Wow, that's really deep. So my mom used to be an opera singer, actually. And I've heard snippets of her singing, but you, when you're in her space and she talks about it, her face lights up. But then it's like the story that she told herself is I had to settle to be a teacher and do this thing because I had a child. So hearing that, I was like, hmm, um, that's really interesting. Like you can still be you. You can still enjoy the things you do and, and still be a mom. But I was, I mean, at that time I was like, I'm a kid. What do I know? Like I'm, I'm not, a, no, I don't, I'm not, a, obviously I'm not a mom yet. But I noticed when she did do her her teaching career, it was more so focused on um, bringing work home. And I always have to remind her, hey, did you drink water? Did you did you eat? And she loves to plan and she loves to craft. Most teachers do. That's why I love teachers so much. They love to plan. They love to craft. And But it's like when you plan this event and you're doing these things, you're not really enjoying it because you're cranky or you're dehydrated or, <laughs> you know, you you didn't process your emotions and you get your, you get triggered so easily. So I experienced that with my mom, but then I noticed something like when she sat down and when we craft together, it was just like, she was just in her zone. Like when it was nothing like tied to a goal or I have to craft something for my classroom, when it was just completely just for her, just for the sake of just, just to enjoy herself. She was in a state of flow. And it was just so beautiful to watch. And that's when I started crafting with her. 
And that was just our moment. And that was my moment for her to, I can say like, wow, like there's a different side of you. You know, you're not just hustle bustle. You know, you do, you do have a heart. You do appreciate self-care. It's just, you may not know how to frame it or, you know, you may not have the skills to move forward, but I see you, you know, you're actually in the present moment and you're enjoying it. And it was just such a beautiful moment to witness that. Mm. So crafting for you two became, it sounds like a mindfulness and Mm self-care practice that you both shared to slow Mm -hmm. down, to be present with one another. Yes. Yes. And that's the reason why too, I used to host self-care appointments um, in person for obviously um, the current circumstances that we're in now. And that's why I added the self-care piece, because like you said, it is a form of mindfulness. It's, it is mindfulness because it, really like forces you to sit down and finish something from start to finish and you're you're just going with the flow and if you if it works out at the end it works out at the end if it doesn't it doesn't but it doesn't matter of the outcome what matters is actually completing the task and you're not interrupted what are some of your favorite crafts to do oh anywhere from like I love making soaps I love um, I'm actually painting um, a birdhouse right now for my cat, mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> so he can watch like cat TV out the window. I just love, honestly, I love finding every like things like things you can use on an everyday basis, like a cup and being able to create it, or um, floral arrangement and just coming down the steps and like watching my flowers on the kitchen table. So so something that I can experience on a daily. Mm. Yeah. And what you said about not being attached to the outcome of it. Sometimes I, I don't really consider myself artistic and I notice my mind can judge myself because my siblings are very artistic. Mm. And, and then I realized, you know what, my creativity is demonstrated in different ways. Like I like to get creative in the kitchen with cooking, but when I sit down to do like watercoloring, which I love the idea of, but I'm not a good watercolor. And again, mm-hmm. I notice my mind judging myself, right? Am I good or bad? And I've learned to like put that conversation to the side and just do it because it brings me joy mm-hmm. instead of be attached to, am I creating a masterpiece at the end that's going to be frameable or Instagrammable or whatever? Mm-hmm. But instead, can I just be in the like playful joy of the crafting yes. process? Yes, yes. That reminds me, my my partner and I, we love creating like puzzles, like putting puzzles together. And she's like a master when it comes to puzzles. And <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm so goofy when it comes to puzzles. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't fit, but that's okay. And, and she takes it extremely seriously. <laughs> no, <laughs> you have to do it this way. But, you know, she can physical, finish a puzzle like that. And for me, it takes like days sometimes, especially with like, you know, 300, 500 pieces and she can just speed it up. But it's like that moment of like, oh, going through, it doesn't fit. And I get excited that it doesn't fit because then I have to find something else. And mm-hmm. how she looks at the puzzles, like she's a perfectionist, it has to fit. And, and so it's so interesting how we can compare our like different views of how we look at the outcome to the puzzle. But yeah, just reminded me of that. Just being able to, yeah, and just enjoy something just for the sake of it just brings you joy. 
Mm. And that's obviously so important for us to be practicing right now. I mean, always, but especially while we're still navigating coronavirus and in mm. quarantine and we don't have as much stimulation or distractions of travel or out to dinners or happy hours or parties or, you know, whatever it is to, mm -hmm. to entertain us or distract us. Mm -hmm. And so finding those simple ways that we can add those moments of joy and entertainment and self-care and mindfulness is so important. Mm -hmm. So I love that ideas of flower arrangements, soap creation, painting a bird, a bird feeder for your mm -hmm. cat, like um, watercolors, I'm trying to think of what else, obviously like baking and cooking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, what are some other fun crafty ideas? Oh, um, vision boards and just getting like getting funky with the vision boards. Like I discovered like a confidence board. Like I, so I'll put my photo in the middle and I write affirmations like around and paste them. And, and I get like, like I roll out with the magazines cutting and like paste them affirmations. Like, how do I see myself, mm. you know? Um, and then I'll do like another poster board with me and a loved one. And like, how do I relate to others? So just for me, it's just really getting intentional with the vision boards and the, and the crafting and the magazines. I really love doing that. And then where do you put your crafts? Because that can sometimes for me be a, a stopgap in my creativity mm -hmm. processes. Like, because I'll sometimes just do it and then want to throw it out because I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm not like going to frame mm -hmm. this one or, mm -hmm. um, but there's also so much power. I love what you're saying of creating these different boards to have them visual, mm -hmm. to have them be in your visual space. So like, what do you, mm -hmm. what do you get to put all of that stuff? Sometimes, honestly, I don't. I don't hang them up. I'll take a photo of it just for mm. my memory or I put it away somewhere if I need to look at it again. Uh, that's why I really enjoy like floor arrangements because that's something that I'm going to use and see all the time mm -hmm. or like a cup. That's something I'm going to use, see all the time. But if it's just a poster board and I, if I enjoy for a moment, take a snapshot and just refer back to it on my phone, sometimes I don't want to hang it up it doesn't go with my aesthetics at the moment or something yeah. like <laughs> and, and that's and that's fine but just something that I can do to take a photo of it so if I want to go back I can I really appreciate that because like that just gives me permission then to like also not feel like I need to hold on to the clutter but it can mm -hmm. still be the process and I can then take a picture of it save it mm -hmm. digitally and then let it go material wise mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When do you notice or when have you worked with clients who've reached out about self-care appointments? Like what's really going on in their life that they're realizing they need some self-care support or to get back in alignment with themselves mm -hmm. or. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with the self-care appointments, it was focused driven on themes. So having the theme you can tell who needs what so if it's like we're focusing on gratitude or we're focusing on self-love and um hearing the different conversations and the dialogues and figuring out why they chose this theme to come to this theme it it ranges it ranges to multiple things but it always ties back to i don't have enough time 
Like that just seems to be the, like the main thing. Like I know what to do. I just don't have enough time to do it. And that's why I designed the self-care appointments because it was like, oh no, we're going to create time for you. And that's why I called it self-care appointment. Cause it's like, you pay for this, you have to book it. You know, this is the space where we did do meditation, um, guided meditation. And then we learned about a short, cause I can go on about science, but everyone may not like it, but it was like a short clip of like, science around mindfulness and how you can apply it and then from there we did a journaling session and then the um crafting but it was all tied to a theme and being able to deliver the message in a fun way that my audience will enjoy mm. mm-hmm. yeah that I don't have enough time is I feel like the biggest Achilles heel for so many people how do you navigate that by supporting them I know that they're paying to come to the appointment, but to take whatever they're learning from your engagement and to integrate it into their life. If mm-hmm. time is such a big block. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of aha moments at the self-care appointments. Like I remember it was just always like, oh, I can do that. Oh, really? We just really meditate. Oh, it was just, okay. It was 15 minutes. Oh, it was five minutes. Okay. I can do that. Oh, okay. If I have the right questions for the, my journal prompts, I can take time to do that. Um, so it was just more so of, Um, you can create the experiences for yourself. Mm. And, you know, with my audience, they do love the candles and I do too. It's part of the aesthetics. And, and it's, to me, it's a part of a reflection of you and your emotion, your environmental wellness, like looking around, does it reflect you? But it's like, yes, have those things, but let that just be there, but, but really dig in into the tools, like habits as in, like, I always say, set your scene. Like maybe it's your clicker for you, like studying habit, like maybe lighting that candle is a clicker for you to say, if I light this candle, I know it's time for me to sit down and journal. Or if I like this candle, I know it's time for me to meditate. So tying meaning around the candle, tying, tying meaning around the bubble baths, rather than just saying, I'm doing a bubble bath. Um, and I'm just good. That's it. That's my self care. So it was just more so like meeting people where they are and understanding it and, and just saying, okay, well then how can you make it intentional? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. The intentional piece is huge. And I talk about that a lot with, with my community too, because we are on autopilot most of our days if we're not pausing to intentionally make choices, right? And we all have the same 24 hours and how mm-hmm. we use them matters. And so it's like, okay, how are we using our time? And knowing that it doesn't have to be, self-care doesn't have to be this extravagant hour plus engagement in the morning and in the evening. I mean, it can be if that's what you want, right? But it can just be as something as simple as, okay, let me light a candle and take three breaths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or let me, um, you know, grab my journal and just brain dump what's present for me for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. 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 And so supporting people, just making that a habit. And I, and I like to call it ritual. And it's interesting because, and it sounds like you and I grew up with moms who modeled that behavior for us. And, and a lot of people don't. And so it's like, how do they get to start learning? Because yeah, they might know what to do, but to actually start to like practice it in their muscle memory, I've noticed is a completely different training. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I love that you say rituals and, um, 
when it comes to the training. I, and I think that's with any habit, right? Uh, we need a clicker. Or we need something to kind of like reprogram our mind and say, okay, this is important to me. I have to book this time. So that's, that's a very, very important piece that you said. And it, I always just say like another thing I love that you said, it doesn't have to be an hour. It could be, it could be five minutes and then you, you build up if you want to. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be, but you just schedule that non-negotiable me time and whatever it may look like for you that fits your needs. Because for some people, they do not like sitting down and meditating. Maybe it's meditation where you're moving around, moving your body. Maybe it's qigong. It, it may, it's different for, for all people. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Janelle, for sharing some of your wisdom and yeah. your sparkly energy. And um, I love what you just you say on like Instagram of just like throw some glitter on it, or maybe it was on your website, but just that, mm-hmm. you know, like why not add some extra sparkle and joy to life and to all of our little practices? So thank you for inspiring me with that. Yeah, of course. Tell our audience where people can find you. So I'm on Instagram, Janelle M. Rivera, uh, my full name. You can find me on my blog, Bodie and Lace. So it's actually BodieLace.com, the, the URL, but it's Bodie and Lace. And I host live journal sessions. It's free because I'm, I'm pivoting from being in person to online. So everything online right now is just, just me sharing my knowledge and building a strong community. So it's free right now. So you can definitely... Join me on Sundays at 9 a.m. PST on Instagram for a live journal session. I love that. Amazing. Well, thank you again so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Center of the City podcast. If you know of a great guest for our show, feel free to send an email to team at centeredinthecity.org or sign up for my newsletter at wade at wadebrill.com. And of course, you can always check out the Center in the City platform at centerinthecity.org. Until next time, stay centered.